You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. New Chicago Bears defensive coordinator Sean Desai couldn't have asked for a much better defense to inherit, but he still has some work ahead of him to get this group back to their 2018 form. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. On the show today, we look at the challenges ahead for the new Bears defensive signal caller, including how to get Eddie Jackson back to the Pro Bowl level that seems to have been missing for the last couple of seasons, as well as fixing this Bears pass rush, finding new ways to get after the quarterback with largely the same players as 2020, and also trying to fix what felt like the Bears' biggest weakness last season, the middle of the field where the slot and the linebacker positions were repeatedly targeted and exploited. Getting the old Eddie Jackson back should be Sean Desai's number one priority. I mean, he's been the safeties coach for the last two seasons. He's literally been the coach most hands-on with Eddie Jackson. But I don't see Jackson's drop-off specifically as Desai's fault. I think a lot of it you can point to Chuck Pagano and the play calling and coverage decisions that I think ultimately have such a critical ripple effect through the rest of this Bears defense. And that's where I come back to with Eddie Jackson. It's not so much that like if Eddie Jackson had three more interceptions this season that the Bears defense would have been night and day different, but more so when you put Eddie Jackson in the best position to be successful, you end up putting so much of the rest of your defense in a better position to succeed, and all of that sort of makes all 11 guys play better. So we all know Eddie Jackson's skill set makes him a much more natural free safety as opposed to the physical, in-the-box, strong safety in the mold of Adrian Amos. But it's not as simple as, all right, just play Eddie Jackson at free safety more, and therefore he will be better. Because even in 2020, he was still playing the majority of his snaps from a deep safety position. That, that wasn't the issue in a vacuum. But it's more so how he is used on the back end. Certainly, Pagano used him less as a deep safety than Vic Fangio had. But the difference is even more so the type of free safety and the types of coverages that the Bears were running and how they disguised or didn't disguise their coverages compared to what Vic Fangio did and still continues to do now with the Denver Broncos. I got to give a shout out to Brandon Robinson at NFL on Twitter. He's done some great breakdowns of the Bears coverages and how Eddie Jackson reacts and works in those coverages and how it was different under Chuck Pagano. And it's, it's subtle, right? It's not something you really see when you're watching the game live on Sundays, but as you kind of break down the 
way the Bears take the field and show their coverages and the coverages they play, you can start to see a little bit of the minutia here that create a much larger difference. The official NFL stats and research media media department Twitter account put out a graph back. It was more like the beginning of the de- December, so it didn't account for the entire 2020 season, but it was looking at how every team uses their coverage looks and how many defenders they put in the box. And there were two defenses that really stood out from the rest of the pack in the NFL. The Rams and the Broncos both showed pre-snap, middle-of-the-field open alignment on over 80% of their snaps. What that means is, essentially, before the quarterback snaps the ball, those two defenses show two deep safeties on over 80% of their snaps. And then, of course, after the quarterback snaps the ball, you can change that. You can go to a single deep safety coverage, or you can move them into different coverage looks that aren't just cover two. You know, there's a variety of different things you can do, but it is the Rams and the Broncos on this Vic Fangio scheme that do it 80% plus of the time. Everyone else is under 60%. The Bears were around 50% in 2020. And what you sacrifice a little bit in having two deep safety looks in the beginning of every snap is fewer defenders in the box. And it was the Rams and the Broncos that were, again, far and away ahead of everyone else in the highest percentage of plays with six or fewer box defenders. If you don't have a safety down there, it's just one fewer player. They were over 75% of the time having six or fewer defenders in the box. The Bears were more like middle of the pack 60% of the time. So in order to do that, it does require some trust and some quality from your front seven. It's not as though that you can just play two deep safeties and that's going to fix everything that was wrong with your defense. It's not like a, a magic bullet all of a sudden, but being able to execute it properly, especially with a safety like Eddie Jackson, who thrives so much more as a split field deep safety as opposed to a single deep safety. And that's the distinction that we saw less and less of with Eddie Jackson over the last couple of years. Jackson is capable as a single deep safety, but it's not where he is purely at his best. You know, as that single deep safety, you still can use that range, but you're really required to see the entire field. You're, you're somewhat responsible for all five routes being run. Obviously, if they're underneath routes, you're not directly responsible, but you have to be aware of where everyone is on a play. They are all your responsibility, and that's a lot to put on the plate of a safety. And we've seen Eddie Jackson be capable of doing that, but be even more comfortable and aggressive as a split field safety where the responsibility is a little bit less. If he's a deep safety responsible for half of the field, then maybe he's only paying as close of attention to two or three receivers, and he can be a little bit more tuned in to specifically everything he's seeing in front of him, the down, the distance, the tendencies, the routes, everything that he has available to him can be just a little bit of a quicker process, and that allows him to be more aggressive because he has a little bit less on his plate. And so when you combine this idea of putting Eddie Jackson in a position better for him, and then also this idea of Sean Desai presumably trying to get closer to this Vic Fangio model of more pre-snap two deep safeties, that allows you to disguise your coverage a bit more. So things look very similar pre-snap to the opposing quarterback pretty much every time. But there's a lot of different things you can do from those two high looks and be in a position to be able to properly defend 
the pass. You you know, you can still rotate a safety down and play cover one or cover three in a normal look, but it takes the quarterback an extra second to figure out where that rotating safety is coming from, which safety is going where, and how exactly that's going to look like. Or you can go from two deep safeties and still leave both safeties deep and play more of a cover three cloud coverage where one of your deep safeties ends up taking a third on the outside where a cornerback might normally be. Like, There's a lot of different varieties there, cover two, cover four, cover six. There's even you know cover seven and some different man match and zone match coverages that the Bears can get back to as opposed to a little bit more of the vanilla cover one and cover three that we saw far too often from Chuck Pagano, which was much easier for opposing offenses and quarterbacks to diagnose and attack. All of this is so critical because it has that direct ripple effect to the rest of the defense. And I believe when you start with Eddie Jackson, that's what helps your pass rush get better too. We'll explore what Sean Desai can do to keep the same pass rushers and just make them more productive next on Locked On Bears. You're really one of a kind, and so are your taxes. That's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you'd like to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perfect that banana bread recipe. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live experts are here to help giving you the confidence to know that your one-of-a-kind, uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. If fitness goals are part of your New Year's resolution, Echelon can help you reach them. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their Echelon StrideSmart treadmill. So no matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily, live, and on-demand studio-level classes always available whenever you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable, and one membership lets up to five members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N. Echelonfit.com slash locked on. Hopefully the promotion of Sean Desai to defensive coordinator is a sign that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are coming around on the conclusion that coverage is more important than pass rush. That doesn't mean pass rush isn't important, but more and more evidence suggests that coverage has a greater influence on the success of pass rush than pass rush does on the success of coverage. And so with Desai being a secondary coach, as opposed to promoting defensive line coach Jay Rogers, who... I still likely would have gone with anyway, or even hiring an outside guy like James Betcher, who's more of a heavy blitz front seven type defensive coordinator. That's a little bit more of thinking 
from the past. It's still only it's still new. I mean, maybe five years in the past, but more and more evidence kind of suggests how important coverage is for pass rush, and that's why I think figuring out the back end with Eddie Jackson by itself will make this Bears pass rush better. If Desai can get this defense back into more of their two-deep safety pre-snap looks, still, of course, mixing up a variety of coverages within that, but making a lot of it look the same for the opposing quarterback before the snap, what that does is makes the quarterback have to think a little bit more after the snap, and maybe it's a half second longer. But that half second longer that he has to hold on to the ball and figure out where he's going to go with the ball can be the difference between Khalil Mack pressuring the quarterback, Khalil Mack hitting the quarterback, and Khalil Mack sacking the quarterback. Because as much as Bears fans wanted to be disappointed in Khalil Mack's 2020, he was still winning his pass rushes at about the same rate as ever. But the problem was opposing quarterbacks were getting rid of the ball more and more quickly, quicker than the Bears had been used to even, you know, two or three years ago with Vic Fangio, in some part because they weren't able to hold up long enough in coverage. And so being able to just extend that coverage time helps this pass rush tremendously. And when you have a safety like Eddie Jackson being able to be aggressive, you know, you can kind of see the symbiotic relationship there where if the coverage can hold up a little bit longer, then the pass rush can be a little bit more effective. And as the pass rush becomes more effective, it allows the defensive secondary to be more aggressive because quarterbacks are going to want to get rid of the ball more and more quickly if you force them to get rid of the ball more quickly. That's that's the distinction here. In 2020, quarterbacks were getting rid of the ball quickly because they could, because they were able to find quick opportunities to hit open receivers in coverage. You want to, some in some ways, force them to get rid of the ball quickly because then you know they can't go vertical on you. They can't do anything deep downfield, and that allows Kyle Fuller to jump routes and try and make interceptions, and that allows Eddie Jackson to jump routes and make interceptions, whereas this past season, when quarterbacks were getting rid of it quickly, it wasn't by the defense's action. It wasn't the defense's choice for them to get rid of it quickly. They didn't want them to get rid of it quickly based on what the Bears were doing from a coverage standpoint. The the quick release was in the offense's favor as opposed to the defense's favor. And there's a difference there. It's it's small, it's minute, but it has, again, a, a much bigger impact throughout the rest of this Bears defense. And so I think that is a natural way for Decide to be able to get better production from the guys already on this Bears roster. I mean, Cleo Mack's not going anywhere. Robert Quinn, presumably... One year and a five-year deal not going anywhere. Akeem Hicks not going anywhere. Eddie Jackson coming back will be great. And perhaps the the change we could see is an addition on the defensive line. You know, sort of that that third person up there. We we've like what we've seen from Bilal Nichols. I know he was hurt but had some flashes this year. They may still keep rolling with that rotation. Roy Robertson-Harris coming back from injured reserve. That's kind of the one spot where we could see a personnel difference this next season. But otherwise, it's generally going to be your same Bears pass rushers. And it's up to Desai to find different ways to get them to be successful. And I don't think the solution is just blitz more, because then blitzing more comes back to this sort of coverage standpoint that you become a little bit more predictable 
on where the coverage is going to be behind the blitz because you have fewer defenders in coverage that have to cover greater areas of the field. So there can be, there's a trade-off there, right? I mean, it's the same reason that you don't blitz every snap is the same reason why you don't call the same coverage every snap. You, you mix it up, and maybe Desai has some more room to get creative with blitzing, but I really think the creativity can come more so in how he deploys his pass rushers, specifically in certain pass rushing situations. We saw Chuck Pagano dabble in some of this, but really a lot of his solution was just stunt, stunt, stunt. And the Bears got better at that as the year went on of of really stunting a lot and trying to exchange the pass rushing lanes for these offensive lines that they were facing and having some success with it. But it didn't feel like the Bears were very creative from a pass rushing disguise standpoint. And also, it felt like a lot of the same stunts. And I don't have data on exactly what types of stunts they ran over and over again, but anecdotally, from having watched the tape of every game this year, it felt like a lot of your typical tackle-end stunts, where, you know, on one side, your edge rusher will go inside, and the defensive tackle or interior defensive lineman will loop around to the outside. Kind of a standard exchange of pass rush lanes. But you can get more variety than that. First of all, there's other stunts. You know, you can loop. If Akeem Hicks is on the left side, you can loop him all the way around two defenders to the right side. Or you can loop Khalil Mack all the way around from the right edge to the left side of the center. It's a little bit of a longer developing stunt. And it's not that the Bears never did this, but I think there's a a potential for more variety there. It's not something you want to call every time. It does take some time to get to the quarterback, but if your coverage on the back end can hold up longer and force that quarterback to hold onto the ball longer, you can make that sort of a stunt work. Different varieties of where pass rushers are going to loop around to. Or more importantly, give them some different looks up at the line of scrimmage, so they're not sure where exactly the pass rush is going to come from. This one's a little bit more tricky because you don't have as much versatility between your two edge rushers. You don't really want Khalil Mack or Robert Quinn dropping into coverage all that much. They're not as reliable in those roles, but the way we've seen, even like I think back to Rex Ryan's defenses, where they would have six guys, even if it's only six guys up on the line of scrimmage, and maybe All of them are standing up or one of them has their hand in the dirt and you don't have to blitz. You still send four rushers and have seven guys in coverage behind them, but you never know who the four rushers are going to be. You can blitz out of that. I mean, that's part of the variety and mixing it up and keeping offenses on their toes. But I think too often the Bears would line up and you would know which four players were rushing the passer. And being able to disguise that, maybe you have only one defensive lineman. So you have it, it, Mack, Quinn, Hicks, and then Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, and a slot cornerback all up on the line of scrimmage near the box. So you can still rush Mack, Quinn, and Hicks, and then you never know where exactly that fourth rusher is going to come from. And maybe it comes from somewhere that the offense isn't expecting, or maybe you do occasionally drop Robert Quinn or Khalil Mack in that situation and blitz two people from more of the back end and still have seven people dropping back into coverage. There's just different ways to make it so the offensive line isn't as sure where the pass rushers are going to come from, which pass rusher they're going to have to deal with, make sure the quarterback doesn't know where the pass rush is going to come from or what coverage he's going to have so he can hold on to the ball longer. It's all this symbiotic relationship that I think starts more so with the secondary, with the coverage, and more specifically with Eddie Jackson and putting him in the best position to be successful. 
I think that will go a long way to fixing what might have been the Bears' biggest flaw in 2020, the area of coverage right over the middle of the field. We'll explore how this defensive change and relationship can impact that area next on Locked On Bears. The NFL offseason quarterback carousel is already heating up, and they've got all the best odds for new quarterbacks and new teams at betonline.ag. Right now, the prop for whether or not Aaron Rodgers is the week one starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers still has yes as the favorite, minus 500, but you can get plus 300 odds on no. That would be Rodgers either leaving Green Bay or somebody else starting week one for the Packers. Odds right now for Deshaun Watson's next team have the New York Jets as the favorite, followed by the Dolphins, and then uh, tied for third with the Panthers, Saints, and 49ers. The Bears now tied at 11th with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Las Vegas Raiders, and Washington football team at plus 1,200. Similar thing for Matthew Stafford right now. Bears way down on the list at plus 2,200. The favorite for Stafford's next team, the Indianapolis Colts, San Francisco 49ers, and Denver Broncos. If you want to get in on the quarterback option, now is a great time to head on over to betonline.ag and sign up for a free account. Enter our promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bars have become a part of my daily life now, and I just don't think at this point I can go back. They really are the best tasting protein bars ever because they don't taste like your traditional chalky brick of a protein bar you can buy at the grocery store. These taste like candy bars because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. With 18 delicious flavors, they're going to satisfy anyone's sweet tooth. That's really how I use them as like a healthy dessert alternative because they're loaded up with 17 grams of protein, but they only have 4 grams of sugar and only 130 calories. You can't beat this anywhere else and you really have to try it for yourself to get the full experience. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. The one area we saw this Bears defense get beat over and over again was the middle of the field. And I understand it's a big middle of the field. That's where generally more of the space is on the field. But it's not so much the direct area and space as it is the specific players in coverage that the Bears over and over again saw targeted seemingly more so than anybody else, at least proportionately to their responsibilities. Buster Screen in the slot when he was healthy, or really whoever the slot cornerbacks were, were always the go-to point of attack for opposing offenses. And beyond that, it ended up being a lot of Roquan Smith and more so Danny Trevathan being a big vulnerability in that area. And maybe we could see a little bit of roster turnover in this area. Buster Screen kind of looks like a potential salary cap casualty here. 2021 is the last year of his deal. The Bears would save, I think, around $3 million if they released him out of that contract, and they may just want to seek an upgrade there. He is 
turning, I think, 32 this offseason as well. So it's not as though they're giving up on a uh, young, a rising cornerback by any means. But that's kind of the only main position, I guess, other than the other safety spot next to Eddie Jackson with Tashawn Gibson being a free agent, that's set to go through any major change. Uh, Danny Trevathan, even though he's getting up there in age and durability concerns, he still has a lot of guaranteed money on his deal. So he's sticking around. Roquan Smith, of course, at linebacker. You're still going to be working with those same two guys. But if you can get a little bit more of a reliable slot cornerback, I think that would be a step in the positive direction here. But I also think more philosophically, a lot of these coverage dynamics that we talked about will have that ripple effect down to these linebackers and middle-of-the-field players because so often it felt like these middle-of-the-field spots for the big plays would be vulnerable later in plays. Right? It, it wasn't so much that teams were running slants 15 times a game and the Bears had no answer for them. Like they could, you know, the, the, First of all, they're, they're okay with allowing the three-yard underneath check down to the running back quick out of the backfield. Sure, absolutely. You know, that goes in, you know, the coverage of the linebackers, but we're not blaming the linebackers for being beat. We're not blaming Buster Screen for being beat on that play. That's generally can be a win for your defense, assuming you can step up and actually, you know, make the tackle, which was a different issue that the Bears had struggles with at times that will also come back down to coaching. But so often it felt like we had plays where, Somehow, Danny Trevathan is trailing in coverage behind Devontae Adams on a deep crossing route 15 yards downfield. And that's not necessarily a play that happens quickly. And the, and there's a, the time frame here is, is still very small margins. I mean, when we say quick versus slow, we're talking about three and a half seconds versus two and a half seconds. But it's a big difference in the NFL. It's not as though you could do a quick passing game that's going to get deep crossing routes going with wide receivers on linebackers. But if the Bears can stop a little bit more of the Chuck Pagano cover one and cover three and try and have their linebackers pass off these crossing routes in the same predictable ways, it becomes harder for Aaron Rodgers and company to get those easy matchups for not the it's not the explosive plays, but those intermediate gains that would kill the Bears on third and eight. Or, you know, second and ten would be a first down conversion. It's not the 40-yard bomb, but it's that 10 to 15 to 20-yard completion where somehow you see a really good receiver matched up with a clearly inferior Bears defender. But if Desai can switch to more of these two-deep coverages and more so these two-deep looks with different disguises, it won't be as easy for quarterbacks to identify the matchup pre-snap and be able to know exactly where and how to exploit it quickly. It doesn't mean you're not going to have to ask your slot cornerback and your linebackers to be effective in coverage, and there's still going to be opportunities to target them. Right? You're not going to instantly make them shut down areas of the field, but it's more about flipping the odds back in your favor a little bit and making it just a little bit more difficult for quarterbacks than it was this past season. I think it goes to the slot cornerback position, too, in addition to the linebackers. A lot of these single-deep looks leave you vulnerable in the seams, and it's usually it's the slot cornerback that's responsible for the seams and has to carry some of those vertical routes when otherwise they may have underneath coverage assignments. And if you get more to a you know cover four, like a quarters match type zone or even cover six with some man-match principles in there, it just becomes less of an island 
for your slot cornerback and being able to play with a little bit more support around him. Because the slot can be a little bit of a two-way go island, but it's a different island than the outside cornerback that just kind of has him and the sideline. Being able to support your slot cornerback and your linebackers in these ways with more safety help, more disguise on the back of it, which then leads you to a better pass rush, also leads you to easier opportunities for your linebackers and eliminates one of the bigger weaknesses that hurt this Bears defense for so many intermediate effective plays that kept opposing offenses moving. So I think all of this is to say that Sean Desai is in a good spot to bring this Bears defense forward and that there is... A roadmap. We're not stuck here saying, oh man, what can the Bears do? They have all these bad players and they can't get rid of them and they're, they're screwed. They're stuck with this mediocre group or whatever it might be. No, they're in position to get this Bears defense back on track. And you have the guy that was here for Vic Fangio's successful years, an extremely smart and well-regarded defensive coach who's new to the defensive coordinator role but should have a lot of the right influences to be in position to be successful with this group and get them back to that 2018 form. It's going to be exciting to see how it all comes together, and you can be sure we'll break it all down for you five days a week right here on the Locked on Bears podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We'll keep rolling with any and all off-season updates as the Bears fill out their coaching staff and figure out their quarterback situation. So much more ahead to preview for free agency and the draft and this quarterback situation. I also want to check in on everything going on with the craziness around the Lions. And we'll have some outside guests to come in and share some of their perspectives on the Bears and what direction they should go. So we're going to have some fun together. I hope you'll continue to follow along. And in return, I'll reward you with a chance to... Bear down.